Alright, this is Jared again with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. This is episode 17, my ammo and reloading components episode. I've got a special guest, Bill Keeler on. Bill, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm a 4-inch kid from Houston, Kansas that uh, got bit by the gun bug. I was the only guy in my generation that uh, cared about him. I got lucky. I had a couple of uh, mentors that I... I uh, got to know that we're heavy into reloading, wildcatting, and stuff like that. I uh, went to work at Hodgson uh, Powder Company in 77, worked there until 78. I uh, shot metallic silhouette and uh, bench rest while I was at Hodgson's. I uh, only did things like build a 280 improved. Uh, I've, I've been an experimenter and uh, guy all along. I, I was telling you that uh, back in those days, uh, guys spent $2,000 on a rifle and handmade every cartridge to do what we can do now with an out-of-the-box, whether it be Vanguard, 6x Creedmoor, and factory ammo. My grandson's shot. We were breaking the gun in and sighting it in, and he shot a one-hole group at 100 yards. It was 308 diameter. I mean, I told Bob Hodgson about that. It just we just talked about how unbelievable that was. I mean, you guys that are young take a lot of this stuff for granted. I mean, we weighed every case. The bench resters they nurtured ten pieces of brass, you know, like a baby, and uh, to, to shoot a, a .30. Yeah, so how, how long would you say you've been in the gun industry altogether? Talking to some of this, these folks since I've got into this precision rifle stuff, that yeah, you, you think they've got the ultimate because they're they're working for a, a stock manufacturer or building uh, actions or whatever. But no, they're like you said, they're they're working while everybody else is shooting their stuff and out playing. So their their actual gun yeah. time gets cut in half, if not more. Yeah, I went up to the varmint 
magazine annual match up there in Pierre, South Dakota. I was repping for some factories up there as a, oh, you know, technical guy. And uh, I was really blown away at, at the way they, you know, they, they, have, they shoot balloons at ranges that are random ranges. And have, they, they do have wind socks up, but... That was an interesting competition, and everybody, you know, Hornady Sierra, uh, everybody had boost there. Hobson had at least two guys there. They might have had three. And uh, I repped for Barnes Bullets after I left PMC for a while. Uh, I don't know. You know, when you know people and you get a good reputation, why people come looking for you, so... I've been doing business with Grab Wholesale for probably close to 15 years, and their specialty is reloading components. They're Hodgson's biggest powder distributor. And uh, so I, I do a little over $100,000 worth of business with them a year. Yeah, so that, that kind of brings me to my next my next question for you there. Do you, do you get out and do you shoot anymore? Or? And if so, what are you what are you shooting? What do you? Well, we're still playing with that Vanguard Creedmoor that we got. Uh, the day we sighted it in, I had a, a T10 setting on it, uh, and uh, when he shot that one old group at a hundred yards, I go, "Well, 10 power ain't going to cut this." I have a friend that his rifle range is about four miles from mine. I have 200 yards. Uh, I can shoot two different directions at 200 yards on my own range. And then I have a buddy that owns three McDonald's outlets. He has a 475-yard range with a uh, bench from hell. He had the guys that rebuilt his deck go down and build a stand-up T-shaped bench that you can leave a Coors delivery truck on for a month and it'd still be there when you come back. <laughs> and you can bag you can bag up and stand to shoot. You got a hundred, three hundred and four seventy five there. Nice. Yeah. I I built a uh, when when I worked for PMC, Robbie Barkman uh, came from South Africa and got to be pretty famous in uh, combat, uh, combat shooting and building SWAT rifles and stuff like that. And he came to me one time and wanted some 7.62 by 39 ammo to shoot in a 700 uh, police rifle he built, heavy barrel in 7.62 by 39. And so I just went back in the sample room and grabbed a handful of the old PMC camo box 762 to 39 and uh, he came back about a week later and he said hey Bill I want some of that ringer ammo and I go what do you mean ringer ammo he said well you gave me some of that ammo that has to be you know hand put together that has to be the special stuff you give gun riders I said bull crap it came off the machine (laughs) like every other round he goes oh that can't be and he showed me a five-shot group, he shot 100 yards with a point three oh eight group. Dang, it was straight out of the box. Straight out of the box. And our fifty caliber ammo shot under a minute out of the box, which was totally against John Browning's design because he wanted a mob deuce to shoot about a six or seven minute 
group. So as you shot across the field, you were covering high and low and in the center. And, and when PNC built the ammo, it was like a sewing machine. It was just a solid, a solid line. <laughs> yeah. We made everything from 22 long rifle to 8-inch self-propelled uh, ammunition when I worked for them. Dang. That was a that was a lot of fun. I sold the government of Turkey 900 four-deuce uh, illumination rounds for the big mortar. And, and I remember they, they were 900 bucks a piece in 1987. Goodness. And I told, I told a Vietnam vet uh, that story, and he said, buddy, when they were coming through the wire, we wouldn't have cared if they were 35,000 <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah, so I supplied ammunition to the Secret Service when the Pope made his big tour back there in the 80s. We had to sign documents that said that we wouldn't disclose that information in the ads and commercially. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, try and get it for sale. Yeah. Right, right. We couldn't promote the fact that we did that. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, like I was telling you right before we got on here, that my actual area of expertise is rare, hard-to-get calibers. The greatest generation's dying off, and a lot of old guns, uh, 3240s, 3856s, 3872s, 3882s, 577 Nitro for the guys that used to go shoot big things that hit back. Uh, I've got calibers, you know, 50, 90. Uh, I've got a lot. Of, I've got reloading guys for a lot of those calibers, too. But uh, anyway, that's my real area. That's where people come, you know, like 6.5 Jap and 7.7 seven Jap. I'm probably the only guy in Kansas that has any. Yeah. I have a custom loader down in Florida that, that uh, loads all my hard-to-get stuff. I, uh, uh, you know, it loads 9.3 by 57, 9.3 by 60. The hard-to-get stuff, what can I say? 25.20 right now and 32.20 are hard-to-get, so. That's, that's what I was going to ask you if you just found stockpile somewhere if you or if you did have someone loading that, that stuff. Yeah, no, he... His name is Glenn Anderson, and he's been loading for me and, uh, oh, I can, I can, there's a, there's a company on the internet that sells Western Scrounger. He, he loads all the Western Scroungers hard to get ammunition. And, uh, so between them and me, we kind of keep him busy. And then he's got people. He's got people meet him at the Tulsa Gun Show with brass, and and people meet him at the show to pick up cal calibers that he loads on speculation. You know, some of the old Weatherby calibers you can't get like 375 Weatherby and uh, things like that. So, oh, 308 Norma Mag, 358 Norma Mag. So, yeah. So that kind of. But those kids are inheriting these guns, or people are buying them at uh, 
at auctions, and then they find out they can't get any ammo anywhere. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of brings me to my next question. So you obviously you do loaded ammo and a lot of the the, the otter stuff or the the older stuff, but you also do components, right. correct? Right. Yeah. Powder, primers, brass. Uh, right now, bulk bullets. I can sell all the bulk nine, forty five, thirty eight, and you know. 224 55 grain FMJs. I, I'm getting boxes in 100 in, 250 in, 500 in, and 1,000 in, and then 6,000 in, and they're going right back out the door to people that are loading 556 223. Yeah, yeah. So, this is where I think we're really going to make our money on this episode. So, you can get components that folks like myself have been looking for and can't find. So let's go through some of that. So uh, CCI 450s. In fact, we were just talking off off the air that you can get BRs, but a CCI BR primers. But what else have you got? Give me give me a little bit of backstory on that. I got a, I got a pretty good selection of the federal gold medal uh, match primers. I got small rifle, large rifle, large rifle magnet for Lapua shooters. Uh, I've got regular federal uh, large rifle magnum. At one time, federal large rifle magnum was just about impossible to get. Uh, I've got 22 federal gold medal match 22s. I mean, if, if there's something odd and unusual, you know, I still have rapid fire Ely 22 short ammunition <laughs> for the Olympic pistols and things like that. Uh, it's uh, something I just uh, it's just a niche that I found and uh, I know enough people to kind of make things uh, happen you know I, I network I took a, a test one time on uh, personalities and I'm a, a network I'm a, I'm a salesman but I'm also a networker I really enjoy uh if, if I don't know it, I at least know the people that do know it, and I can make a call. Yeah, yeah. So, so you have, let's see, you have four fifties in stock. You said. Yeah. You I don't know how many. Uh, a lot of that stuff's packed up right now. I'll have it out at the gun show. I've got the BR fours coming on the truck. I've got the gold medals in stock. I mean, all this stuff is is hard to get right now. I'm limiting people to a thousand uh, primers each because I can't afford to let somebody wipe me out. The next guy might be able to get a box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that off there, and you, yeah, that's that's a good point that you'd, you'd even 209. I'm having to limit people on 209s right now. Yeah, because all, all these primers are going into ammo. That's what nobody understands. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a reason why primers are hard to get. There's two reasons why primers are hard to get. People are hoarding them, and factories are using them. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're that's what we were talking about. You, you know, some people were getting upset with you. You were saying because you were limiting people, yeah. but but then you had a good point. What was your point about that that you had told me? <laughs> I told them that why would they want so many primers if their widow would be selling them for fifty cents a thousand in garage sales after they're gone? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we were we were comparing this basically to the toilet paper. That yeah, part of the issue is just people hoarding so many that they yeah. they might not even be able to yeah. use them all, but. Yeah, 
I mean, all the dealers that I supply are limiting people on nine millimeter ammo, uh, you know, to one box, three of the ammo to one box. I, I can be a little more generous than that. Um, I'm letting some of the guys have 500 rounds of 5.56, other guys 250, uh, you know. But And I realize that guys that are playing your game go through a lot of primers. I had a combat shooter contacted me, and I, I let him have a few more small pistol primers than, than anybody else just because he really honestly went through a lot of primers. I mean, a lot of these guys, they'll shoot a thousand rounds a month. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So what, what, what do you have for powder? So like some of the powders that the folks that are in the same I game on playing. I in a little dab 8208. It's been impossible to get for about nine months. I got in some Bargut. I've got, uh, I think I've got eight pounders and one pounders in Bargut. I've got a lot of 4350 in one pounders and eight pounders. Uh, I've got all the pistol powders. I've got, now some of the guys, and this is where you can help me because I never used reloader uh, powders, but I've got five pounders in 15. I've got eight pounders in 26. I've got, I don't have any one pounders in 15. I've got one pounders in 16s. I've pretty well got the whole RL line but uh, I don't know which calibers use which RL powders because I, I didn't work for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That well, that that was my main question. Is I know folks that are listening to this for a fact are going to be looking for four fifties, Varget, eighty two oh eight, maybe some forty eight ninety five. Uh, by the way, I got in a shipment of H4895 because it's been impossible to get for about six months. What Hodgson's did, I'm in contact with them directly. Uh, they actually come out and run pheasants with me, but uh, uh, they were hammered so hard on H4350. And see, they can only get one container per ship uh, because of UN regulations. And the captains of those ships have the right to reject that one container, which means then they have to start all over with the customs and, and paperwork and everything because now it's going to come on a different ship. Well, Hodgson's actually contracted a ship and brought a whole shipload over, but they brought a whole shipload of 450, 4350 over, and so that created a shortage of all these other powders, H1000, I've got some of that. All these other powders went to the backside while they were covering everybody up with H4 and 350. In the meantime, on the consumer side, I suddenly noticed that there weren't that many people asking me for 4350. So it was kind of like, well, this is an interesting situation. Do I, I stay heavy on the H4350 and figure everybody's going to come back when they get through shooting up that eight pounder or, or what do I do? But uh, right now I can pretty well sell whatever I'm getting. Yeah. 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 That reminds me. Yeah. H1000 Rotumbo. A lot of people looking for both of those. I've got a small supply of both of those. Uh, got a little bit more coming on the next truck. And uh, people can just contact me. Uh, I'll be at the Wichita Gun Show next weekend, the uh, 7th and 8th, I think, are those dates. I'll be in Great Bend, Kansas. Uh, 
Thanksgiving weekend. They're having a show out there. It's going to open Friday afternoon for a short period of time and then all weekend. I do a lot of business out of that great bin show. I have people that drive down from Phillipsburg to get reloader powder from me. So, that's that that was going to be my next question. What's the easiest way someone gets a hold of you or finds you? Is it mainly just your 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 uh, gun shows? You stay in Kansas? Yeah, my email address is Bill Keeler, and Keeler spelled K-E-E-L-E-R, at hotmail.com. If you send me an email, be sure and title it, Reloading Components, Ammo, or whatever. One time I had a lady, I was supplying the 22 ammunition for the 4-H uh, shooting club out in Hayes and she sent me an email and the title was shells and I didn't recognize her email and, uh, and so I let that email go and she was pissed and I said look I said you should have put 22 rimfire ammo anything but shells I mean shells doesn't mean anything for a title if you know what I'm saying well yeah you get how many emails you know trying to decipher that between right. all the others well yeah you don't want to open something up and kill your computer so i'm i'm you know i'll have 150 some days it's only 110 junk emails i have to sort through to figure out you know what's junk and what's legit and uh same way with the phone uh my phone number is 620-245-8077 i keep getting those damn extended car warranty calls because I have to take every call that comes in because I never know where somebody's calling me from. And uh, so Yeah, I get I get those that. those same things. You answer it and then it gets to be a pain in the butt. Yeah. Big pain in the butt. So well, like I said I've got uh, Five thousand BR fours come in on the truck. They're not going to be cheap, but they're going to be available. I'll let a guy have a thousand of them. Uh, and uh, I don't know what else to tell you. I think we pretty well covered everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the main stuff I wanted to cover. That's what I was going to ask you if you had anything else that that you wanted to uh, to cover while I yeah. still got you on here. I had a nine inch. I had a nine-inch group going at a thousand yards in Reno with a fifty McMillan, and Gail McMillan was sighting uh, for him, spotting for me, and the wind shifted a hundred and eighty degrees, and he didn't get stop out of his mouth as I pulled the trigger, and that fifth round made the group nineteen inches. Oh man! <laughs> and I, I know you guys can relate to that because Murphy. Murphy will get you. Uh, when I was shooting 50, there are 238 grains of uh, 870 powder in it, 640 grain bullet. And uh, if you were waiting on conditions, I kept my ammo in a cooler with an ice pack. And uh, if that round sat in that warm chamber too long, it could change the impact of your bullet 18 inches at a thousand yards. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. I I've heard about some of these ELR guys, these long range guys. That that's why they don't do magazine fed because it heats up those rounds. I've never been that big into it, but but yeah, right. I've heard it. It's crazy how much just uh, ambient air or, or heat or whatever is yeah. going to affect that stuff. And you know, we had a a thirty mile an hour wind in Reno, 
that did not affect our bullets as much as the 12 mile an hour wind did in Pennsylvania the next year. The next year we shot in Pennsylvania at their thousand yard range and it was at 1250 and Reno was at 6,000. Well, those ballistic computers had just came out and I was repping for uh, Acker Powder at that time and their ballistician's name was Marty Liggins and Marty Liggins was the editor for the 50 caliber newsletter for the association it was called very high power and uh, so we're driving back from that shoot back down to tennessee and uh, talking about that he said well would you write an article about that uh he said i'm going to run those numbers and try to figure out why that wind was kicking our ass so hard in pennsylvania and not in reno well it turned out that the wind resistant on a 50 caliber bullet at 1250 foot elevation was four times what a 30 mile an hour wind was in Reno. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the Pennsylvania range was kind of, it had some elevation variations and stuff like that. So they had like five flags, uh, going out to a thousand yards and uh, you, you'd look out there and them flags would be pointing five different directions. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and you, you know, you, it was just a crapshoot. And I, I, I watched these uh, shows where the people are machine gunning the, the rifles at a thousand yards. You know, they catch a, a, a condition and they just shoot as fast as they can. That one gal shot like a two-inch or 2.7 inch group at a thousand yards. I, I watched that show, but you can't machine gun a, a 50 caliber. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, you, you can't just bam, 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 bam like that because you're dealing with a little dynamic. When when I was shooting in Pennsylvania, I had uh, bought a, a big gulp drink at the quick trip on the way out there and I had it sitting on my bench while I was sighting in and, and that was a covered range and every time I'd shoot I'd have moisture falling on my head and my shoulders and stuff and I go what the hell it must have rained and the water's coming out of the overhead well I looked over and the concussion from that 50 was egg shake, but shaking that, that big gold cup and it was shooting pop straight up and it was raining on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It didn't have enough horsepower to tip the drink over, but, uh, it, it was raining on me and my assistant, I was, uh, still working for PMC at that time. He came up and he had one of those steno pads with the wire along the top and he was taking notes. He was writing an article for a magazine about the, the shoot and uh, he asked me if he could fire around and I said well hell yeah and so I strapped him in and he was a, a Japanese kid he wasn't very you know he wasn't a very big guy but with the Mickey Flynn muzzle brake you, you, you weren't absorbing much more uh, recoil than a 038 he fired the gun and oh man that's cool thanks a lot i gave him the empty you know for a souvenir a little while later he came back and he said have you seen my notepad laying around here i said well no did you have it with you and he said, well i swear i had it when i came over here to your bench we found that notepad 25 feet behind 
the bench over a thumb <laughs> the next day. <laughs> it, that, that's, that pad left that bench so fast that nobody noticed it. It just literally disappeared. Yeah, yeah. I have, it's almost the same story. I was at, I was at a station in Alaska for a little while, and we were out at one of the ranges. They were covered. It was like March or April, so it was just starting to break up to where it gets real icy and snowy and warms up in the daytime and and uh, freezes back up at night. Well, we were out there and walking to the bench, and a guy was out shooting a 50 cal. First time I'd ever been around one, and he knocked all the snow off of that roof on that, that covered bench. It was like an avalanche. Yeah. It, it was crazy. Just the concussion of that thing is, yeah, it was amazing. At 238 grains. Yeah, it was, so Bill, I really want to tell you thing. I really owe a public thanks to Mike. Mike, he, he's the one that ended up hooking us up, and I hope hope we keep you busy, but not too busy. Yeah, and I, I think there's yeah, going to be the price on number thirty-five primers for the fifty. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, oh, I can't even imagine they're some almost, of this. They're almost as much per hundred as other primers are per thousand. Oh goodness, see that's why. I'd, I keep telling myself I'm not going to get into this ELR stuff just because when I'm starting to, to load three or four times as much powder as what I'm loading now for my little BR variants, it's going to get real expensive yeah. real fast. Yeah, well, I got the eight-pound kegs if you figure out what powder's going to work for you. Uh, all right, I appreciate it. So hopefully, hopefully we'll keep you busy. If there's not anything else you'd like to add, the, the one thing that I can get done is I can get lock numbers of primers, uh, bullets. Uh, you know, I'm selling those high-dollar A-tips right now. I think you probably know about the A-tip bullet. But uh, yep, yep. I can I can get the same lock number. Like I was telling you about that big order I got for the 6.5 Creedmoor. I got the guy... It was at least four eight pounders of the same lot number. All the primers I got in were the same lot number, and all the bullets were the same lot number. takes a little takes a little bit of coordination, but I, I can make it happen. All right, that sounds sounds good. I I know there'll be people interested in that. All right. All right. Thank thanks a lot, Bill. I I definitely owe you a big time for taking a little bit of time out and talking to me here. All right. Thanks a lot. Come by the. If you're off next Saturday or Sunday, come by the come by the show. Yeah, definitely. I will. I'll come down and I definitely got to meet you in person. Shake your hand. I appreciate it. Give me a call. I might be able to find you a badge. I don't want you to have to spend ten bucks just to shake my hand. <laughs> All right, Bill. I'll definitely do that. Thanks a lot. All right, thanks, sir. All right, bye. Bye. All right, there you got it. So, like I said, big big shout out to Mike Mike for hooking me up. So. He is, he's mentioned it a couple times on air and off air. He is limiting people to, to a thousand or so primers. But if you're looking for four fifties, there you go. Uh, I'm not sure if he's limiting you each visit or if you could go in once or twice or whatever, but you guys work that out the way you, you think you need to. But there's your, uh, access to CCI four fifties bargain 4895. Sounds like he's got some H1000 if you're loading some of the bigger stuff. Um, he actually, I asked him about CCI BRs. He didn't have any. Between the time me asking him this morning, he called his supplier and has got some on the way. So, can't tell him thanks enough. Again, Bill Keeler. Find him at uh, Bill Keeler. 
K-E-E-L-E-R at hotmail.com is his email, phone number 620-24580. What I got? 74. Let me make sure that's right. He'll be at the Wichita Gun Show this weekend. Wait, let me fix that. His phone number, 620-245-8077. He'll be at the Wichita Gun Gun Show this weekend here in Wichita. It'll be a great bend, he said, on uh, Thanksgiving weekend, Thanksgiving Day weekend. So look him up. Like I said, that's, there's your access to some uh, extremely hard-to-find goods right now. Uh, another shout-out to Jake Sure. Still got the... Uh, Short Action Precision Sling. Um, go and like his page. Like my group. Comment with two of your buddies. That'll get you entered that. Actually don't have any entries on there right now. So slim pickings. Um, if it doesn't go, then we'll keep it and I'll fire it back up and do another uh, pay it forward come springtime when, when people are, are getting back into the swing of it. But otherwise, I'm going to start getting into this hunting, the reloading episodes and some more hunting episodes been out coyote hunting a couple times plan on getting out a lot more so stay tuned hope you appreciate the episode appreciate everybody listening been watching my uh, demographics and seeing everybody all over the united states had some some new listeners in in london the other day had some some guys in afghanistan i'm sure that's some of the, the military folks so you guys that are listening over there stay safe make sure you get back here and uh, everybody else Thanks for listening. Stay tuned, and uh, I'll have more Pay It Forward, more, more info coming up. Thanks again.